steered me straight at the first service when I skipped a hymn entirely. So. <laughs> it's, it's clearly just something in the air today. Frank Ostaseski, who's, um, whose words Theda shared earlier, uh, uh, is a Buddhist teacher, a hospice worker um, in our area, and he wrote a book called The Five Invitations that is going to form the core of five services. This is the first. He subtitles his book something about what, what you can learn, what the living can learn from those who are close to death. All of us, of course, are in some way or other the dying. And the essence of his first invitation, don't wait, is one that's all too familiar to any of us who have, who have come close to death ourselves or have sat with somebody who is nearing the end of their lives. There's nothing like the presence of death to make us realize that time is not infinite, that there are things we don't want to wait too long to do or to say or to become. They can be as simple as I want to call my parents more often, as complicated as maybe if I really want to travel the world, I should save my pennies and do that before it is too difficult physically for me to do so. So I'd like you to consider, what's something you've been waiting to do? Something that's on your mental to-do list or bucket list. Maybe something you've wanted to learn someday. A relationship that you want to repair or begin or end. A new direction in life that calls to you but that you haven't taken yet. A decision that you know you really need to make but haven't made. As you consider whatever rises there to the top of your things I've been waiting to do list, I want to ask you a non-rhetorical question. It's important for me to say. I am not asking this rhetorically, and you'll understand why in a moment. My question is, what are you waiting for? Now, I wanted you to know that's not rhetorical because we tend to ask that question rhetorically as if there's never any reason to wait. What are you waiting for? But there is. There often is something to wait for. And that question deserves to be asked, asked seriously and considered seriously. When you think about the thing that you have felt pulled toward but have resisted, what is it that you're waiting for? What conditions need to be in place before you can do that thing that you have not been able to do yet. I think really amazing things open up when we get beyond the simple carpe diem, seize the day, never wait for anything, and ask ourselves, what am I waiting for? That's when we really discover what's going on and what we might need. Sometimes when you ask that question, you will find that the conditions are really necessary. There is really something that has to happen before you can move that thing from the waiting list to the I'm doing this list. 
And the conditions are not there. We have seen so much of that over the last few weeks. As survivors of sexual assault are asked, none too kindly, why did you wait so long? Why didn't you speak? We know that people may not come forward until they have the support. Or even more often, in my experience, what people say when they finally share an incident that they have never forgotten, that happened maybe years, maybe decades before, is not so much that they have the support, but that they have come to a point where the stakes are too high. The price of remaining silent now seems possibly higher, higher than the price of speaking. For example, in our public life right now, somebody already prominent has been nominated for an even more important position, and the person who knows a reason he should not cannot remain silent, despite the cost. So many people are now speaking about their experiences whose names we may know, people we may know, or people in public life. A philosopher uh, who's been very important to me, Martha Nussbaum, has been writing about this because she finally spoke about her sexual assault that happened in 1968 in 2015. Even then, she said she was not going to reveal the name of the person who assaulted her, although many people guessed who it is and she has now shared it. It's the prominent actor from the Waltons, Ralph Waite. She decided not to speak his name, although she wanted to tell the story in 2015, because she said she thought about whether any action would be taken. She didn't think so. Whether it would change anything for anybody for the better. She didn't think so. Whether anything would happen except that her life would be made even more miserable with no reward. Can we say that she was wrong? I don't think we can. On the other hand, as we're seeing, enough people coming forward does seem to be helping make subsequent survivors' stories be heard. Maybe, maybe it is shifting our culture as this awareness washes over many of us, even those who have experienced sexual assault ourselves, of just how deep the abuse runs in our culture, just how much this plagues relationships, our community, our country. Still, to quote the striking metaphor of the Washington Post columnist Alexander Petrie, it has taken a lot of people throwing their bodies onto the tracks to get us to this point that maybe, maybe the inexorable trains have had to slow down. And although we can salute and thank those who did sacrifice themselves in this way, we can't justly castigate those who did not. It is not for any of us to say whether somebody else should wait another moment, years, or forever. Sometimes the conditions that you need to survive and do this thing are not there.
And then sometimes when we ask the question, what am I waiting for? Really, what am I waiting for? What do I need in order to stop waiting? We realize that the conditions are ones we could create ourselves. We could put them in place or get help putting them in place. Or maybe that they will never materialize, but we can live without them. So there's no longer any need to wait. I knew a man, an older man who'd been in a feud um, with his brother for decades, about 30 years. When I met him, he'd only recently cleared up this feud by finally reaching out to the brother he had not spoken to in 30 years. And mercifully, all was well. They were now on good terms again. The ice was broken and that time was starting to be healed. His wife said, you see, you could have done this years ago. Why, why did you suffer like this for all this time? Why didn't you say something? And he said, I didn't call him because I was afraid he'd hang up on me. Now, it was never going to be easy for either of them to reach out. There was never, he realized, going to be a moment when the one who called would not be running the risk that the other would hang up on him. And it was when he finally realized, oh, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for it to be easier. I'm waiting for it to be safe. And it's never, it's never going to be. That he realized, I can live with that risk. He made the call and fortunately happy ending, the barriers fell. Then sometimes when we ask the question, what am I waiting for? We realize, well, I don't have that yet, um, and I do need something, but maybe I need a support group. Maybe I need first to get the support of somebody very close to me, a friend or a family member. Maybe there are steps I can take to be ready for this great change in my life. Maybe there are things I can do to prepare myself to deal with the fear and anxiety of finally doing the thing I have put off. We'll be singing soon. Just as long as I have breath, I must answer yes to life. And as Ostaseski reminds us, as he is reminded day after day by the people he works with, who are so close to the end, so close to their final breath, we will not have breath forever. But what it would mean to say yes to life, to say it is time to stop waiting, that's for each of us to discern within. So right now, I want to take a little bit of time, each of us in the private, space of our hearts, of our minds, where we can ask ourselves questions that perhaps we have not made room for. What is something you've been putting off? What are you waiting for before you'll act? What is, what is that thing, very specifically, or those things? And is there something that you can do or that we can help you to do to make that condition come about so that you can stop waiting and act? Take a little time.
If you're thinking of conditions that you need help to realize, this is the place. Come to this community. Come to me, to Dan, and see how we might help you. Or if you are thinking of something that you've realized, there's nothing. Like those brothers, I'm just waiting for this magical moment when it gets easier, and waiting won't make it easier. I just need to do it. How can we encourage you? How can we support you? So I could post in my midweek meditation that I occasionally do, how's it going on that? If like me, right now you thought of something that really there's no reason to wait, you've just been putting it off, I could check in on Wednesday. So, you done it yet? It's just between us. You don't need to tell anybody. And then there's this. Ostaseski's wisdom as I said, comes largely from the Zen tradition, in which he is a student and teacher. So it's not surprising that he cites uh, Suzuki Roshi, one of the uh, preeminent Zen teachers of our time and also of this area, who has some wisdom about what waiting is really about. Suzuki says, the opposite of waiting isn't acting, but rather being constant being present to what is. Waiting is living with one foot in the present and another in the future, neither making the new thing happen nor resting in what is, but kind of suspending ourselves painfully, uncomfortably, between where we are now and where we tell ourselves we ought to be. Waiting always has an eye on the future and has a tension between now and then. Being constant has that same quality of awareness, but it's about living fully in the present. Just to attend to what is going on right now. And out of that presence, an intention will sometimes emerge. Oh, next, I will do this. After this, I want to do that. We will discover what lies up ahead if we just attend to where we are right now. But it's hard to discover what we're waiting for if we don't know what we are, what we have, what we're doing right this moment. So, all of us who have an, a finite number of breaths remaining to us, yes, I say don't wait. but instead rest in the awareness of what is happening right now. And then when something emerges from that awareness, you'll be ready to follow it, to pursue it and claim it as the next part of your life. And knowing always that as private, as personal as those decisions are, you need not make that motion toward the future alone.